The unofficial end to summer is here. School has started for most, football season is upon us, and soon the leaves will be changing color. At the DSR Network, we remain as busy as ever with a full slate of podcasts scheduled for the fall. In the coming weeks, we'll be launching two new shows with new hosts, creating even more content for our members. Members receive an ad-free listening experience, an evening newsletter, an invitation to join the DSR Slack community, bonus content, and more. Best of all, if you become a member in the month of September, you'll receive 20% off the normal membership price. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code SCHOOL at checkout. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code SCHOOL. Thank you for your support. It's September 12, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Chris Kotnor. And I'm Riley Fessler. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. A 6.8 magnitude earthquake in southwest Morocco has claimed over 2,800 lives, disproportionately affecting poor rural areas near Marrakesh. Criticized for a slow start, aid is now arriving from countries like Spain, the UK, Qatar, and the UAE, but reaching remote villages remains a challenge. In Tinesk, where adobe houses were destroyed, villagers are returning to salvage what they can or sheltering in tents. The earthquake spared the modern architecture of Marrakesh, but devastated mountain villages. Despite helicopters aiding relief efforts, traffic congestion has become a significant obstacle. In some areas, aid has yet to reach affected communities, leaving residents in dire circumstances. Thousands of people are feared dead in Libya following devastating flooding caused by Storm Daniel. The leader of the unrecognized East Libyan government claimed that deaths exceeded 2,000, and thousands are still missing. The death toll could potentially reach several thousand people, according to experts. Storm Daniel made landfall on Sunday, prompting a state of extreme emergency declaration. Several cities, including Benghazi, Sousse, Derna, and Almarj, were severely affected, with some regions experiencing the collapse of dams, submerging areas, and drowning residents. In addition to the rising death toll, many homes were destroyed and major oil ports had to close. Libya has been divided between two rival administrations since 2014, and both governments declared three days of mourning after the storm. The World Bank provided around $3.7 billion in trade finance in 2022 that likely supported oil and gas developments, despite its promises to focus on transitioning to a low-carbon economy, according to Ergowald, a campaign group that monitors global fossil fuel finance. Trade finance is less transparent than standard project finance, making it difficult to track the destination of the funds. The research called for greater transparency in trade finance and for the exclusion of funding for fossil fuels from the World Bank's lending. An IFC spokesperson disputed the findings, stating that IFC's trade finance projects are selected through a rigorous process that considers climate commitments and development needs. In other news, 
Ursula von der Leyen's State of the European Union speech is seen as the start of her campaign to lead the next European Commission. While she boasts of her commission's accomplishments, her coalition of political rivals is fragile, and she must convince power brokers from different political groups to support her candidacy for the European Commission's top position. She faces challenges aligning with her own party, the European People's Party, which has a more opposition-style campaign strategy. To secure support, she may lean on leaders like Emmanuel Macron and Olaf Scholz. Her campaign narrative is expected to emphasize her role as a consensus builder rather than embracing the EPP's oppositional stance. The speech may also touch on Ukraine and NATO, and she faces challenges in balancing various priorities. The EPP's response to her speech will provide insights into their alignment. The upcoming meetings between Russian President Vladimir Putin and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un are seen as potentially reshaping North Korea's relationship with Moscow and Beijing. Kim's choice to visit Russia before China, his traditional ally, suggests an effort to balance the two major powers bordering North Korea. While it remains uncertain whether substantive agreements will be reached, the restoration of ties between North Korea and Russia could impact the situation in Ukraine, tensions with South Korea and Japan, and the broader China-U.S. rivalry. Analysts suggest that North Korea seeks true allies, with China remaining the primary one, but Russia playing a more equal role. Despite past tensions, Kim has capitalized on rivalries involving China, Russia, and the United States. However, lingering distrust may limit the extent of military cooperation between the three nations. Donald Trump's legal team has requested the recusal of U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin, who is overseeing his election subversion case, claiming that her past public statements regarding the former president and his involvement in the January 6th Capitol riot raised doubts about her impartiality. The defense argues that Chutkin's comments in cases related to the January 6th riot indicate a preconceived opinion about Trump's guilt, potentially tainting the proceedings. However, the motion for recusal is considered a long shot due to the high threshold required, and the decision rests with the judge Chutkin herself. The request adds to the already strained relationship between the defense team and the judge, who has cautioned against Trump's inflammatory comments, but faces criticism from him on social media. The trial is scheduled for March 4, 2024, and involves Trump facing a four-count indictment for allegedly plotting to overturn the 2020 election results. In lighter news, a yoga class in Chapel St. Leonard's Skegness, Lincolnshire, was interrupted after a member of the public mistakenly called the police to report a mass killing upon seeing several people lying on the floor during meditation. The class was taking place at the Seascape Cafe inside the North Sea Observatory. In a Facebook post, the cafe explained the situation, thanking Lincolnshire police for their prompt response and clarifying that they were not part of any cult or club. The police confirmed that the call was made with good intentions, and upon investigation, everyone was found to be safe and well. Thanks to listener Neil Price for sending us the story. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at the dsrnetwork.com. 
Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief. If you'd like more in-depth analysis of these issues, along with our sources for today's episode, be sure to follow the links in the show notes and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.